Hi there, this is Wafal Abedat. You're listening to the Women Power Podcast, a subsidiary platform to the Women Power Summit, the largest event in MENA, with the aim of empowering women and helping them achieve their absolute highest potential. Each week on the Women Power Podcast, you will hear honest, vulnerable, authentic, real conversations from inspiring women. These women will share their experiences and stories into what it takes to build a successful business and career. The podcast will share insight and inspiration and hopefully inspire action and lead change. Shreya Ramahan is the co-founder and CMO of Playbook, an edtech startup where she presently handles marketing and product development. Shreya has over eight years of professional marketing consulting research and implementation experience across 10 sectors and four regional markets. She also led the winning startup Women Who Read, of the Middle East Partnership Initiative MEPI by the U.S. State Department and Bahrain Fintech Bay Build for Bahrain program. Ismahan Saad is a co-founder and COO of Playbook, where she presently leads operations, finance, and investment. With over 20 years of experience in finance and investments, Ismahan is a former GM of a Saad Power Projects, an A-grade electrical contracting, a family business enterprise of 300-plus employees. Prior to her career at the family business, Ismahan's professional expertise lay in banking and finance, where her experience spans 12 years in BNP Paribas. Welcome, Ismahan and Shreya. Today, we have two incredible people in my life that we're hosting on the podcast. We have Shreya and Ismahan, they're co-founders on a new tech startup that we just launched called Playbook. They are very important to me, and we're going to have a really honest, vulnerable conversation on what it feels like to be a co-founder and I think our intention is to help you out there or support you in finding the right partner for you and we want to pass on whatever tips we've accumulated in the last year or so on how to to be able to do that so let's just get started with uh, saying hello hi ladies hi Wafa thank you for having us hi Wafa so hi guys so let's start off with um, I'd love to like kind of hear from both of you how we met but also how you guys met each other so let's start with Shreya and and me so after I finished my university I came back to Bahrain and I was looking for jobs in the marketing and advertising space unfortunately I couldn't get into that market so I ended up settling for a consulting job but something told me that I needed to kind of find my way back into marketing and so two and a half years into my consulting job I started a job hunt looking for the right space for me to kind of draw back into that industry and I chanced upon this agency um, that was making news at the time and it seems to be run by a young Bahraini entrepreneur who was giving everybody a run for their money and everyone seemed to be talking about her so I ended up applying, and I did apply to the big-named agencies too, but I think I was most excited when I got the call from this agency. And the rest was history, because that agency was O'Brien Hill, and it was run by Wafada Vedat, who is the host of this podcast. And six years down the line, we seem to still be putting up with each other and working together, and that's how we made our way into Playbook, which took a lot of um, hard work through six years of understanding each other and figuring out what we wanted to do for the future and the kind of legacy we wanted to leave. And I guess that's how we kind of came together. So I love that story. There's also a bit of a segue 
into this, which is how we originally met, I think. And I don't remember the story, but you reminded me of this, which is you came into into the agency to like interview me for some part of your consulting job. And I think I made you sit on my desk and I gave you like 10 minutes and it's supposed to take an hour, which I think you did deliver in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, you left me with much of a choice. <laughs> but yeah, that was a very stark memory because um, everyone was a little bit terrified going into that meeting with Wafa for my, you know, my consulting job because they said, well, she's really upset and, you know, we need to get this information out of her, but she's not taking our calls. So someone has to go. So I was the guinea pig. And I landed up at the agency, um, meeting Wafa for the first time, uh, super intimidating, <laughs> but in a good way because I ended up applying there eventually. Um, but yeah, that was my first memory with Wafa. And I remember her asking me this like a few years down the line. She's like, why did you reply? Like if I was so scary and, you know, like I was just like, maybe I thrive on pain. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was just testament to me to say that, you know, if someone um, has gotten people speaking about her in the way that, you know, she had gotten people to respect her for the work that she was doing, it told me so much more about um, her as an entrepreneur. And I felt that she's doing something right. So I wanted a piece of that. Anyways, I'm excited as well to talk about how you were such an added value member, not just in the agency, obviously now in Playbook as well. So Ismahan, we'd love to know how we met from, from your experience. It's okay, you can say you don't remember. So I actually don't remember how we first met. I know we have mutual friends and um, one of our mutual friends was uh, running the Ironman with you. So he talked a lot about you and then, well, it's... Um, yeah, I think it was just through mutual friends, but then we, we really had... Um, you know, more conversations when I came to speak at the Women Power Summit. Um, and then throughout the years, I think I was always interested in what you were doing. So I'd get a lot of emails from Ubay and Hell every once in a while. And then that last email that came, or that first email from Playbook came in, um, just to kind of introduce the idea to me, to tell me what you're up to. And I remember being very excited getting on the call with you. Um, but yeah, I think it was just usually mostly through mutual friends. Um, and then I kind of met Shreya... Um, through Wafa, because for many, many weeks she would talk about you, how you're her right arm, left arm, uh, backbone, um, you know, friend, partner, supporter, etc. And uh, I got really excited to meet you as well. Yeah, and, and everything she said, I think, is really 10% of, like, it's, it's, you can never really explain what you are. Yeah, and she couldn't have explained what you are in words, to be honest. So, yeah. So can we like get real now and 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 before I uh, before before I talk about my experience meeting both of you but how what was your first impression of each other when you first met Wow that's a <laughs> that's a very interesting question because I think the first time I saw Ismahan was actually at the summit and I was so amazed with her energy and her like she just had this aura around her and then in the capacity of like co-founders for Playbook um Wafa had talked up a storm about Ismahan and we were so excited because we were just so amazed, which I'm sure Ismahan will share later how she actually became a part of Playbook. Um, just the journey with Ismahan just made me really excited and I got to see her finally in Saudi and just learning from someone who has such a wealth of experience and she brings so much you know, humility into everything that she's doing she's always learning she's ready to learn from anyone and everyone um in whatever space that she's trying to enter and i think that's just 
been my impression of Ismahan like coming into meeting her. Ismahan, what was your experience like when you first met Treya? So given, so I don't have much technical background when it comes to websites and platforms and, and there's so many terms that I just never used in my, in my background at work or obviously at home. And, uh, and it's amazing because while, while Wafa to me is someone who dreams big and gets there, I, I was never really, um, I never really knew what goes on behind. And then all of a sudden Shreya is, uh, is doing a million things at the same time. Um, and, and I never, she never stops shocking me at she can do this and she can do that. And, um, and it's amazing because yes, I mean, in the world of websites and technical things, I'm not really, I'm not really up there, but then she finds the way or you find the way to come and explain it to me and you draw little boxes and little arrows to make sure that I have a visual. And, uh, and it's amazing because I mean, I, I, I love learning from you because it's so easy. I think this is so interesting to kind of hear everybody's kind of first impression of each other. And, and I'd, I'd love to kind of share my experience as well. So Shreya, for sure, like we go way back. So it's been five to six years. One of my longest serving employees at the time at the agency, which was my first business. But what I like about Shreya is she moved up the ranks. Like Shreya came in day one and was like loyal to management and loyal to the leader and not just loyal but like I will run in the direction you're running in but I will keep up with you and I think sometimes as a CEO it's tough to have someone run next to you and and consume the content that you want that you're interested in and be able to have that conversation so Shreya just kept stepping up in every stage in 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 the five to six years that we've been working together um Someone made a joke once that, you know, Wafa and Shreya are, you know, they're able to finish each other's sentences. We can now talk by just like looking at each other's eyeballs and we understand what's going on. I think we're both really competitive. We're perfectionists. So Shreya and me, we've built this incredible foundation. It was just, there was no option for me to kind of build playbook without her. Like it has to be with her in it. Wouldn't want it any other way. So really, I am such a fan and Shreya completes me in, in, in the terms that like I'm big vision. Shreya is for sure the person looking at the details, the executor. So she's really like a beast at work. Um, Ismahan, I think, is so interesting because as well with Ismahan, it was definitely friendship first, but also we have a mutual best friend. So when I, I loved her story, um, you know, Smahan has a background in banking. She left that world to become a yogi and then she went into the family business. But her story in the summit was all about coming back from burning out and, and just kind of really reinventing yourself as a person away from the workplace identity. And her session was full. And I remember trying to pivot everybody out of Smahan's session into another one because people kept streaming and I was like guys this is full like move somewhere else but you know the women that were attending the Women Power Summit at the time one of the largest conventions in Mina just wanted to attend her session so it was the first session on day one in the third editorium which was packed and she said listen I don't I don't promise people are not going to quit their jobs after this that's what I tend to that's the impact that I have but Ismahan I felt wanted to be my friend after the summit like Ismahan actively you you engaged with me to continue the conversation but to me I was doing an event I was burnt out there was no conversation to have at that time and it's crazy to me that three years later I come back we connect again as as a founding member of playbook and Ismahan's journey is 
speaker, founding member, investor. So she invested in Playbook and then became a co-founder. And what I love, which will be a recurring theme here, I think, is with both of you, 100% acted like co-founders before being invited to become a co-founder. And, and, and I think that was the thing for me. And I think this is something that we miss. Like, I think a lot of women go out to find co-founders, but actually look around you. Who's already performing like one with you that you can, where it's happening more organically, where you can kind of bring that in. Now, second question or, or something I'd love to kind of ask you guys is why do you think in your experience so far, why are co-founders important? I think co-founders or founders in general, um, as a founding team, there's so much that gets added onto your plate as you're growing and you're scaling and you're trying to figure out so many different aspects. You're speaking to so many different people and you'd love to be in all the places at the same time. But realistically, it's not possible, um, especially if you need to focus on where everyone's energy is better spent. Um, jack of all trades, as they say, uh, master of none. So having a co-founder who can take on the things that you are not necessarily uh, the best at doing um, makes such a huge difference because then both of you or all three of you or all four of you, if you're lucky enough, uh, can run in the direction that you need to go. So I think it's just that balance, that balancing act, that little dance that you all play amongst yourselves to be able to get to where you're going. Um, I think that makes a world of difference. What about you, Smahan? Why are co-founders important? So I think, I mean, for in my specific experience, it's, it's very important to have, you know, people like you as my co-founders because there are skill sets and experiences that you have that I don't have and that even if I can work on, um, it will take a long time. You guys come with extensive experience and specifically in things that I'm just generally not interested in. They're not my natural aptitude. And so, and I think that I can also add, I also add something that you guys are not necessarily interested in. It's not that you cannot do it. If you apply yourself, you can. But my interests lie elsewhere. And so where I'm interested, I'll perform better. So I think it's it's just the way that we support each other. And then if we're thinking about, you know, finding co-founders, I think what's important and interesting is that although we kind of each have our roles, we're always stepping into each other's roles to support each other. It's not really defined. It's not, I mean, it's defined, but none of us really stick to it. And, and specifically in a startup, I mean, things keep on changing, new challenges, new questions, new, new answers come up and we're continuously changing and continuously we're, we're continuously kind of just supporting each other. And, and even when I do something that, you know, Wafa or Shreya are supposed to do, I don't feel like I'm doing it for them. And they don't feel like they're doing it for me. It's just very natural and organic how we pick each other up. Totally. And I think adding to that, it's so lonely. Like, I think what people don't understand is the pressure that we are going through right now. We've asked for commitments from investors. You know, these are people's, VC, like, other than the VC funding that we have, these are people's savings. These are people that trust us, that believe in us, that are backing us. So there's such a huge commitment to delivering on what is promised. So I feel like... Part of this is we have each other's back. It's I would never start a company alone again after this. Never. Like I feel so good knowing that if I need to take a break that somebody can cover, that if um, you know, um one of us gets pregnant, that someone else can run the you know, run with it. So I think having especially the num the, the number three is so essential. Um so so yeah, I think I think for me, it's this idea that I'm not alone on, on the top and it can get very lonely for sure. And I think that's something I've experienced in my last 
job as an entrepreneur is just like this is like I have the world's burden on my shoulders and it's like no one gets it or or no one feels it so I think that's something that is incredible um for this time around and having that emotional support I think something for me that I've never had before is just like venting sessions or like founders therapy where like I would call one of you and just vent but I need to but I wasn't able to do that before I would hold that in or talk to friends colleagues and mentors but now it's like oh, we all get it, we're all in the same business. And I find that both of you have been incredible sounding boards to like let things out, get clarity on the challenges that I'm facing. So it's been really um, amazing. And I really wish for everyone to find that safe space where they can talk, not just about, because to me, running a business is not just professional, it's like also personal, it affects your personal life. It means you might miss a date night or a play date, but like, only we would get why this is important and why it's crunch time or why it's essential. I wanted to ask you both, um, why did you join Playbook? Like this is so much easier to not to do this and to find a much easier path nine to five or to possibly uh, with a bigger guarantee of bonuses, salary, Plus, just stay stay where you were, like if you were doing something else. So what were you guys doing before this and why did you guys join Playbook? So um, for me, it was... Uh, so I, I used to manage my family company. And as much as I loved my colleagues, I loved what I was doing, I wasn't really interested in the product itself. It didn't... I, I wouldn't wake up feeling extremely excited. I love being in the office, but the process of going to the office was not fun. It didn't, I didn't wake up thinking, what am I going to do today in the office? And so when we were having the discussions about Playbook and when I was thinking of investing, and it's not that I, th- I think I was a very annoying investor because I wasn't just looking to invest. I had so many ideas that I wanted to share. And I thought that, you know, I just, I really wanted to be, I was very interested in being a part of the story. And so, and then slowly, kind of organically, I started, as you said, I started kind of working for Playbook without really being anything other than an, an investor. And so, and yeah, and then, and then when you asked me to kind of join you, it was very, I woke up excited. I woke up and then the, you know, every morning I wake up and the first, you know, the first thoughts in my mind were related to Playbook. And then throughout the day, I would think about Playbook all the time and I would talk about Playbook all the time and... And so, yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's interesting. There's, there's a goal to it. It feels good. It's, I'm also learning every single day new things, new terminologies. I don't know what the word toggle means yet, but um, it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm alive. My heart is alive. It's interesting. What about you, Shreya? I think I'll have to take it back to like 2018 when things really changed for us at the agency. Um, Wofa was always uh, being invited to all of these amazing events um, where she could be a speaker, she could be a delegate, either representing the country or otherwise. And she ignited a very different um, spirit in all of us back in 2018 when she decided to kind of throw out the idea of us doing this Women Power Summit. It was something we took on on top of our full-time roles, 
but no real guarantee of where this was going. Uh, she's like, we're going to do this for three years. And Alf was like, yes, we'll do it for three years. Then we had no idea what that meant. Um, and then the real work started. And honestly, despite the long hours we already keep at the agency, everyone was so driven to like stay back at the office, still commit, still work on all the things that we were doing. It felt like a little playground for us to do all the things that we wanted to learn, all meet all the people that we would have loved to engage with. Um, and it just seemed so natural for us to transition towards that. Um, and so for three years, we kept at it and did it on top of our regular job. Um, and as much as, you know, the marketing space is super exciting in the agency, um, everything that we were doing with the summit just felt so purposeful and we saw the impact. People were coming up to us and talking to us about it. And we were, we were really hitting something right when it came to content, when it came to speaking to these women who were so fed up of the noise that they were being given in the community when it comes to content for them. Um, and so we kind of like grew from there. We started exploring different ways to continue to engage with women. and. All of us kept getting our hands dirty like there were no questions asked we were just like okay what more can we do what more can we do and so that kind of naturally evolved into so many different things including this podcast um and then wofa kind of let me run with something that was a reading community for women just because both of us were voracious readers and made jokes about it um and eventually we kind of grew from there into understanding that you know why are we stopping at where we are at and we need to go further down into exploring how we can make this reach a wider audience and really like make this our our focus. So for me, it seems so natural. So yeah, I mean, Wofa said like, I didn't really think about co-founder. I didn't think about anything. It was just about the work. And I think I was also at a stage in my career where I said, you know, I'd done so much in the space of, you know, marketing and working with clients that I was trying to figure out what was next for me. And um, along came Wofa with, hey, what about this? And I just stuck with the why not. Okay, so, and, and like, I don't want to, I mean, you guys have, have talked about the Woman Power Summit for sure. I think that's like the seed of all things. But I, I think in my personal experience, everywhere I went, I was the minority. Like official delegation, decision-making table, board member, committee member, it's, I was the minority. It was always two out of the 10 were women. And I was, it just didn't look fair. It didn't look, it just wasn't normal. And I knew so many amazing people. Where were they? And I just was getting really frustrated. Also, just like going to like global conventions like WEF, one out of three delegates were women. It was just not an equal playing field. And that really upset me. Um, and just always feeling like I go through a lot of pain as a start, like as, as an entrepreneur, whether it's fundraising or acquiring customers and it just is like my rules are different than my male counterparts 100 percent. and if the rules are different why are we not getting the playbook like why are we not getting the right rules how can i play in any game if i don't get the rules right there's there's stuff happening that's not applicable to me that i can't do or i'm not able to do or i don't know how to do so it just made a lot of sense to like reverse engineer my favorite word ever like how to be able to do that and I think that's why Playbook is here. It's just like, let's take the power back. Let's let's give every possible tool to every woman in the world to be able to hack life personally and professionally. Um, and I think that's, and, and, and like Shreya said, it's purposeful. And I felt that too, in comparison to agency work. And I think everybody, same team, driven t 20x more 
in Playbook. And I think if I could go back, I would have built a purposeful company from day one because I saw that it was easier to hire, retain, and, and grow when it's, it has impact and it, can, and, and it can potentially change history, right? Versus offering a service. And not to take away from the agency, but I think Playbook definitely was like a learning curve from my previous job. So I want to ask, what do you guys do every day? Like, let's kind of demystify what being a co-founder is. It's so glamorous now with all these shows, the dropout and super pumped and we crashed and there's all this stuff around tech entrepreneurs, especially now in the media, just being super glorified. Um, but like, what is it really like to be behind a startup? Like, what do you guys do every day? Um, wow, that's that's a very... Um long-winded question because we do so much like from dawn to dusk honestly like some days are a blur you're dealing with hiring you're dealing with training with suppliers with figuring out how to do things that you may not necessarily know how to do um building the roadmap following the roadmap at the same time and you have no idea like when you're going to need to take a turn, um, figuring it out as you go, trying to understand how fast you can make mistakes so you can learn faster. It's it's a lot of things. Um, a normal day for me, like I'm on the marketing side and the product development side is really a lot of testing, a lot of, you know, seeing what we don't want uh, to figure out what we want. And there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of um, working with the team, a lot of creative content creation. And it requires a lot of brainstorming with the team to understand what could actually stick for a brand that we're building from scratch. So it's it's a lot of minds coming together. It's a lot of conversations happening and it's a lot of learning that takes place. Uh, but at the same time, there's also come to a point where we have to kind of pause and make decisions so that we can actually grow and we can actually implement something and then let the world kind of tell us whether we're running in the right direction or not because we're always going to be perfectionists and try to figure out you know where we need to take this company but you know at the end of the day it all depends on our end users and that's really where we're at right now at the stage of this company is being able to launch something that is actually of value to the people that we we want it to impact. Asman what do you do on a daily basis? And playbook. So between the emails and the calls um, and the many, many unanswered emails, the hundred um, LinkedIn contacts that I need to approve between, uh, between the two Instagram accounts, which I'm unable to kind of catch up with, between the new employees and all the emails. <laughs> and all the emails. And all the emails. And, and so it's... Um, I, I'm trying to look for a positive word. So it's exciting, but it's equally challenging. It is overwhelming. There are times where I write five emails, but I never end end them because I get you know phone calls in between. I get questions from employees. I get you know a thought calling me to um, tell get to to give me an update. I get Shreya calling me in a very sweet voice, but deep down inside, I'm sure she's extremely annoyed because she sent me a document four days ago to read and give feedback to. And and the thing is, is um, somehow the ladies here decided that I I uh, read documentation. So and um, and somehow that's fallen onto my lap. And, and it's very exciting. But um, 
it's just it's just it's a lot it's very exciting it is a lot and uh, yeah it's overwhelming honestly speaking it is it is overwhelming not to the point where you'd break down and kind of not be able to continue not at all i think as long as you know how to structure yourself so i come in i look at the emails and then the first second i get scared i'm like oh my god how am i going to get through that but then i'll just write things down i'll say okay what is important what is shreya waiting on what documents have i still not looked at um and as soon as I kind of structure myself and say, okay, this is more important than this, this is more important than this, this kind of eases or um, makes the, you know, I'm no longer overwhelmed. Now I have a structure. I know what to do. I block everything out and I just start with my plan. So I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting because there's a lot and there's, there's a lot of things that I don't understand, to be honest. Like a lot of times I'll just call Shreya and say, explain to me what this means technically in terms of marketing, for example. A lot of times... Um, obviously, I mean, Wafa and Shreya have been in this space before, so I will call them and say, okay, I understand this is the decision that you want to take, but I need to understand why, just just for my own understanding, you know, I'm not, it's not because I have another opinion at, at, at the say, I mean, sometimes I really don't understand what the decision is based on. So it's very, um, it's very interesting, like, I've never really been involved in a startup before, this is not uh, Wafa's first startup. I've always been in established companies, so I don't take for granted my, my co-founder's experience um, in startups and as well in the industry itself. So it's, yeah, it's exciting. It's no secret that over and over again, we're constantly getting stuck in our careers, which is probably why you're listening to this podcast. You could be stuck or demotivated or uninspired and you don't know who to go to for questions or for connections or someone who's been there, done that which is why we're building an exciting platform called Playbook. Playbook uses the power of storytelling by game-changing women to help you hack your life, both personally and professionally. We're building a resourceful community where you can find the answers to all your questions from mentors and diverse women that are all trying to figure out the ins and outs of their careers. You can be a part of our story from the very beginning and create and build your legacy with us by becoming a founding member. For a one-time fee of $500, you get a bunch of perks, such as lifetime access to our platform, an official founding member certificate that you can share on LinkedIn, and a testimonial for your LinkedIn page, plus 20 scholarships in your name to girls and women from different parts of the world who unfortunately don't have access to the education they need. Check out our website, www.getplaybook.com, to learn more about how you can be a founding member of our platform. I think one thing we did really well, and I, I see a lot of startups don't do that early on, is like we've defined our roles. Um, and and I really have to say, like, I really appreciate that Ismahan came in and asked me the golden question, like, what do you need? So I think for sure, like, Ismahan is, has a, this incredible corporate background, but like, for sure, she ends up doing legal. And she's like, I'm not a lawyer, guys, but like, I'm anal, so I'll read the content. Um, and And... Like just, you know, just support where is needed. Um, and, and obviously Shreya is, is I think one of our investors called her our um, interim CTO on top of her role, which I think is super accurate as of now. So I, I think we've defined what we all do. I, I would say in, in, in my experience or, or kind of what I'm focused on is, and, and I read this somewhere, which is, or I listened to it on like a podcast, which is the CEO's job is one. It's not to run out of money. So that's my compass and I definitely feel extremely responsible for making sure that we 
complete Ardex fundraise and also acquire customers. And I think Ismahana and me work on that closely. So that's my two KPIs is they're so financially driven, but I love that because I'm a natural salesperson or I'm a natural, like I, I, I'm selling a, a, a dream or a mission or a purpose. So, so it's very much in line with what I do. I'm also very resourceful. So like every opportunity, every connection, I'm there trying to figure out how to convert them and how I can figure out how they can be of service to playbook. So my mind's on a 24 hour work stream of like how can I connect people and how can I learn um but yeah I think all our roles overlap I think with Shreya I work closely with her on the content the positioning and we have daily talks on timeline (laughs) uh and 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 I think also my job is to push like I'm a pusher like I have to I'm gonna push everybody or pull everybody or we're all gonna run to the finish line so and that means sometimes not being very comfortable and not making everybody feel comfortable. And that means talking really quickly. And that's what I do naturally. And like when we have meetings, it's just like, like, let's speed this conversation up. So just adding a bit of pressure. I feel like that's my job. I think from the top down, if I'm really relaxed, I think everybody will be relaxed. I think if I'm a little bit stressed out, which I am, uh, then, and some days I can control and some days I can't. Some days I'm literally like, full-on panic mode like how are we gonna get to our next run of subscribers how are we gonna acquire customers so I'm constantly trying to problem solve um but yeah I'm a pusher and 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 I think everyone who works with me has like unfortunately like has to realize like it's not personal it's like of us job to like get us all to the finish line so that we can all reap the rewards as a team um but I love working with both of you uh, so much and for sure we all overlap but us, I think we also all have our own sandbox that we have and we have the titles and the JDs and I think that stuff is important in the KPIs just because most companies I know like oh no I don't want to kind of generalize but a lot of the startups I know don't have that and there's a lot of confusion that ends up happening because like what am I really doing so go back to like your KPIs that's what you're meant to be doing Um, so I think at a very early stage we already have that established I know companies that are like series A that haven't done a lot of our foundational work um so I want to ask you guys, what is the biggest challenge you guys have found being co-founders that like no one kind of prepped you on and you're like, okay, this is something I didn't expect was a challenge I would face either personally or professionally or like handling dual roles. You both are co-founders, but also you have a job to do. Like we're employees of the company, but we're also co-founders. So, okay, so I'm going to compare this experience to my first job. Yeah. So initially I was an employee. So other than getting my paycheck, I never, and, and, and doing my job, I never thought beyond that. I will do whatever my boss has given me, and then that's it. And then when I joined my family company, I mean, the family company was well established. So it wasn't a startup. It, I, I didn't really have to run so much. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was established. I had a full team, etc. Now the difference is, is I really feel a responsibility towards the investors. I feel a responsibility that... I, I, I don't want to say it weighs on me, but it reminds me constantly to get up and do and do more and just continue working. You know, it's the responsibility towards the investors and also the dependency that my co-founders have on me on, you know, whatever I'm I'm in charge uh, or I'm, in, I'm responsible for. So that kind of responsibility is something that I did not feel before. How are you navigating that? 
So now you feel responsible. So it's, so so how have you turned that into a weapon? If 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 you have. So it's it's not okay. So it's not that I didn't feel responsible before. I was always a responsible employee, but um, I just it it makes me. I, I don't know how to explain it, but see, Annie, I, I want to do more. You're driven. Yeah, I'm driven even more. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just, you know, close the day off before I do X, Y, Z. I, it's on my mind the whole time, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a responsibility towards them because I feel, and especially, especially, sorry, especially because we, we got our, our, our funding at Precede, which means that whoever invested in us have invested in, in us. You know, in us and the dream, they've invested in Wafa and Shreya and Ismahan. It is personal, and in in the dream, or you know, not the dream, but the business plan. And and at the at the point, whoever invested in us have invested in uh, again our experience, our integrity to see it through, our responsibility, and how we work together. So it's not that they've invested in a company because they've seen the metrics and the numbers and they know that it's doing well. They have invested in our ability to actually, what's the word, succeed, you know? Yeah, yeah so that drives me. It scares me. I don't like fear, but, uh, but it's the honest answer, to be honest. Yeah. I think Isman said everything that had to be said about this. Um, but I think also we're in this constant problem-solving mode, which I've always been with my previous roles, but I think this kicks it up a whole other notch because while I used to lean into my role and try to take on more than what was actually being asked of me, I think as a co-founder, it's a given that it has to be there. And also the fact that for us to kind of see the light of day you know, months down the line for us to be able to provide for these teams that we're building that are also buying into the dream and who also want to see us grow and want to believe in where we can take this company. There's such a huge responsibility to make sure that they're well taken care of and that we're taking care of guiding them in the right direction. So we make this work. Um, and then also making sure that I'm doing my part, Isman's doing her part, so that Wofa can then do her part, you know? It's, it's a lot that we also kind of take for granted. Um, when you say co-founder, it's really like, it sounds like a really cush job and you get like a nice little C-suite title. Um, but what people don't tell you is that it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of compromise on things that you may have to do in the short term to be able to reap the benefits in the long term. And we talk about this almost every day, including this morning, uh, about what we need to kind of come to terms with and accept that we have to give up today so that we can enjoy it tomorrow. So I think that's that's been a very interesting learning curve, I think. I think my biggest challenge has been, so I, I talked earlier about my job being a pusher, but like I think I struggle with pushing but like knowing when not to push as well and I think this is I guess a part of like maturing up I think if you worked with me 10 years ago I would push and burn myself out and burn everybody out and I'd be like this is normal and let's just rest and get back on track and um, I think I was a lot more aggressive and now I find that I'm super soft and I'm, I'm still trying to deal with that like is this pace is this pace okay? Is Should I, you know, 
um, take it up a notch? Should I applying a bit more pressure? Because I know I could get more results if I do. But then I'm also always worried, like, what if I burn this person out or like turn them off or upset them? So I'm just like so mindful of like navigating these conversations. And I think if 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 someone worked for me, I think I'd be a lot more aggressive. But I just feel like because we're partners, I'm a lot more mindful of the fact that, okay, I'm pushing, but I also have to like have a conversation or I have to pick up the phone or I have to ask nicely or I have to like gently plant a seed. So I'm just like trying to read the room sometimes or read the energy of the day or even read my own energy. And I think in the past I would push and just be like merciless. And I think that's why the summit happened. Or I think this is why it's just this constant, like let's push to the point where we, to, to get kind of get through it and then rest and then push again. It's almost like nine months and then I have a child and then nine months again, you have another child. But like, I feel, I feel now it's just a lot more mindful of energy. Um, I think also like, I'm very grateful that I have like both of you. So I also feel like I need to also take care with my communication a lot more. And I think again, if it was probably w- working with somebody who worked with me, on a contract I wouldn't be as mindful and not to say that I would be mean but now I'm just like I would think a lot more before picking up the phone and having any type of conversation just because I want to take care of the relationship so I think that's something that I'm it's it's the old wafa new wafa kind of like a dance so I think definitely and then I watch all these shows and I watch these CEOs like not like butcher everybody but like be so much more aggressive and they've built huge, incredible companies. And I sometimes wonder, like, am I being too, like, soft? Am I being too chill? Am I being too collaborative? Because these people lead and they've built, like, you know, companies. They've built unicorns, right? So I'm like, sometimes I wonder, like, is my strategy going to take us to the finish line if I keep it at this pace? So, like, it's it's for sure it's getting us to short-term goals. But I think my my strategy as a leader is always in my mind of what do I need to do to get the best results, but also create a positive environment. Um, so, so that's one. And then my other challenge is just like, I consume a lot of content um, at a very fast pace. And I think that's also part of my biggest job, but then it's like passing on the content. And also like I make decisions based on what I consume as well. So I could change strategy and I, I, I find like, obviously like that could be confusing because it's like, where did this come from? So I just, I, I have to do the why, which is, I love doing the why, but also like, yeah, I mean, that's, that'll always, I think be a challenge, which is like my pace, right? So like, how do you keep up with, you know, but I think that's why you said earlier, like they've invested in us as people. And, and part of that is like somebody who's just not your normal employee, basically, um so that's that's where I'm at obviously on a personal level I'm a mom and I never bring up my son in anything like conversationally unless I get asked but I I I am functioning 100% like I'm not a mother so it's there's a lot of mom guilt as well because before playbook I definitely was doing a couple of hours a day on playbook like talking to investors but now it's like eight to ten hours so for sure that affects my relationship with my son and the time I spend with him but then I make sure that that does not come up in any of the conversations like I will still show up for the team other than pick up and drop off for school 
uh, and, and that doesn't come up in a conversation as well like I don't use my son as an excuse to like say that I can't deliver or I can't be there so also like I, I wonder what that's going to be like for us like me and him in the next few years as I fundraise as well so I think that's something that I think about um I want to kind of segue into your dream for playbook in five years. Like, I don't think we've ever talked about this. We said we were going to do like a vision board workshop, which we never did. Uh, and Ismahan wants to do it right now. But like, um, I want to know, where, like, if you could share your five year, like in five years, where would we be? There's kind of obviously no right or wrong answer. But like, what do you see for playbook in five years? Five years is a long time because things change so fast uh, in the startup space. Uh, we could literally be anywhere. <laughs> Inshallah, a unicorn. <laughs> um, but you never know. You never know where we could go. But I think just generally, I think the direction that I'd want to see is, you know, how a startup nowadays, when it hits it big, um, they become adjectives or they become adverbs in the way that a person describes where they're going. So I'm going to Uber it. Uh, I'm going to Talabat it. Uh, for us, you know, when a woman is stuck in her career, when she's trying to look for an answer, when she's trying to look for a solution, I want to hope that the first thing that comes to her mind is she wants to check playbook. She wants to, she wants to open up her playbook and she wants to see what she can learn and where she can find solutions and she can speak to her community and I think for me, that's that's us succeeding. The money, the 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 growth, that's all great. But I think just knowing that we built something that is of so much value to people that it's the first thing that they think of when the problem that we're trying to solve is that's the solution for them. Uh, I think that's where I see Playbook. I love that. I really do hope one day people say, I'm going to Playbook it. That's just, that sounds amazing. So for me, in five years, I would like Playbook to be on everyone's uh, phone. Once we have the app, it's just accessible literally on everyone's phone. I want to have, I want to be able to, you know, have a conversation with someone and someone says, so how many masterclasses do you have? And I'd say something like, I don't know. I know we were 300 last week or like 5,000 last week. Maybe we're six, like the production just becomes so natural and so organic that we're just, we just have, you know, a number of masterclasses per week instead of, you know, two, two per month. I would like, I mean, okay, so, so the reason I was interested in this is because it's a business, but it's an impact business. I would like us to reach a point where we would be able to measure the impact. I'd like us to have so many testimonials of, yes, I learned X on Playbook. I was able to do Y because of Playbook. I connected with this group because of Playbook. I learned X, Y, Z. You know, I, I would really like to feel the impact. And this is really, I mean, yes, sure, unicorn, etc. That's great. But I, I want to see the dream materialize, you know? So nice. I, I, it's so crazy. We've never had, we've never talked about this it's like a job interview <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years time um I think for me like after COVID especially I just I committed to never going to work in an office again but I for some reason five years from now I I do imagine like a a glorious playbook office that I would be happy to go to that is full of positive energy um with just really incredible people who do their work really well um I would also say like I would love for us to be angels, even in five years' time, to be able to do our own angel investment or do it through Playbook and just lead by example that um, 
no one has to go through any kind of fundraising challenge or we get the pain point because we come with different perspective. So <clears throat> equalizing the playing field is also making sure that we get money in, in women's hands so they can start their own companies believing that they can be profitable. So for me, I just want to show as well, like this can work with three female co-founders. Co like it's possible um, statistically, even if you have a female co-founder and a male co-founder, you still make more money and you raise more than if you're an all-female founded team. So I think a big part of like my obsession with fundraising is like, forget the money. It's like we can reach these goals if we want to and the valuation can work. And I hope in five years time, women support us as much as we support them. And we have allegiances of women with Playbook and not just like on like subscribe, but like, advocates and they tell other people and they tell other people and they tell other people so like i'm hoping for this whole word of mouth gone viral experience um so i guess we're we're building in collaboration with our customers so just making all the changes we need to but just knowing that they think it solves a real problem and they believe in it is, is important um but yeah like just like production facilities just having all the tools we need to do this as well. So like, yeah, we're building the playbook for other women, but also us having the full playbook to do this is, is essential. Um, but I really want great investors who believe in us and who want to support us to grow. So just definitely like excited about having the right financial capabilities to scale. And and also like as Personally, as a as as a founder, I really want to be able to pitch without the pitch deck, and just pitch the way these incredible tech startups just pitch the dream, but like pitch it in a way where it's like people are moved and it's like and they want to be a part of it. So that's also very exciting for me. And I know that like as somebody who likes to follow the playbook, but also knowing that you know I can kind of come out of it and come back in when I need to. Um, just because I think I want to do everything by the book, but also it's interesting to see how other people do it differently and why they're different for that reason. Um, but yeah, I think we have very common, obviously for us all to have like babies and homes next to each other and great travel experiences and, and offsites for our team to like pull a Sarah Blakely and just fly everybody to Hawaii for like a few days. Um, but yeah, I, I think, sorry, what I also feel is important is just Everyone who's a part of the dream gets to reap the reward. So I think also like in five years time, I'd love for everyone to feel super comfortable personally because they believed in playbook. So that's also important to me as well um, because they could have worked for a company and possibly reaped more financial rewards, I guess, if, if done so. But like they believe in this and so ideally they should be able to reap bigger rewards in the long run. Um, one word to describe each of us. So like Shreya, one word to describe me, one word to describe Ismahan, Ismahan, one word to describe Shreya. Both of them have covered their eyes. Guys, don't be embarrassed. It's fine. Do you want me to start? I don't know if I can do a word though. So I call Ismahan Cleo for Cleopatra because I think she has these incredible powers that I've seen her display, um, which is really to get people to believe in what she's able to do she has the power of asking for things and getting them and i think she's in disbelief when she does but i think it's a, it's a huge superpower so it's it's just really like leading with a lot of gentle power um but really getting to where we need to go and i feel like we haven't even started utilizing it the way we should yet we're just getting started and then shrey i would say is 
I don't even know, Shreya, what, what do I say in one word? Like um, resilient or like ultimate learner or just like, a, I guess like a, just like a super, like super worker because I feel like you always put us to shame with how, with your output and, and you get us both to step up. Like even for me, like I'm like, gotta step up. So like, it reminds me that like somebody is, like like an overachiever I think that's the word 100% overachiever like I'm gonna touch this but I'm gonna I'm gonna kill it so I think that's uh, one word who wants to go next I want to say Wonder Woman for uh, for Shreya um, because I still get amazed every time she shows me something I say did you do this did you know I I keep on asking when did you do this because I see through the emails and the messages that you've done a thousand other things like la 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 somehow around Shreya's life time moves slower so she's able to do more. Um, one conversation with Wafa and my, my whole energy gets bumped up. It's like I took a pill of something that's kind of illegal, but like it gets you excited. I don't know what they're called. Like it's, um, she's pumped up on something. I don't know what her mom fed her, mashallah. But Siani, whenever I have a conversation with her, when I put the phone off, I'm, my ability to do things is heightened. And um, my ability to, my interest is heightened. Uh, everything in me wants to do a thousand times more. So I don't know if there's a word for that. Charger? Charger, booster. Yeah, booster. So she's, uh, she, she's my booster. I have Wonder Woman and booster. Yeah, there you nice. go. Nice. It's like a, Shreya, you go. How are you going to compete to that? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> now I regret not saying <laughs> my words first. Like, yeah, Wonder Woman booster. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> It's like Isman was looking at my notes. Um, honestly, I mean, if there was a word to describe each one of them, it's um, it's so difficult because they wouldn't be who they were if there was just one word. <laughs> I think wafa and being a wafa is that is a word because I think and that's how people should actually like think about it when they're raising their girls. Um, you know, like I want you to be a wafa which is, there's so much, there's so much that goes on there. And I think like she's able to draw in people like, like Ismahan said, into this vision that she has. So she's a visionary, if that's the one word that we have to uh, kind of like coin, it's a visionary and she's able to kind of get people to follow, um, but not blindly really. It's, there's so much faith that's placed into a visionary, you know, because you're able to see, like we always talk about, the castles in the sky and the road that it takes to get there because you know that she is going to work with you to build that road. So it's, yeah, I think that's, for me, Mufaz the visionary. And uh, Ismahan, um, I mean, she is also, like, absolutely amazing with the superpowers that she has that she's able to tap into so effortlessly um, when it comes to asking, when it comes to negotiating, when it comes to being able to convince people to see our perspective of things. So I don't know, I guess maybe the super negotiator for me, <laughs> at least, uh, because I find that to be the most difficult thing to do because it's easier for me to kind of step away and allow someone else to step into that role where there's no resentment that's caused on the other side of a negotiation. When she walks out of that room, she, she's able to give everyone a win. Um, and I think that's, that's the beauty of what she does. Do you ever feel like everybody around you has things figured out when it comes to their career except for you? 
Do you look at successful people and want to figure out how do they make a living doing what they love? Do you ever feel like what you're learning in school and university is not what you see yourself doing? Welcome to Playbook, where we're trying to change the dynamic and reinvent career progression for women. We want to be with you every step of the way as you navigate the challenges in your journey. We're building a platform that gives you a community and content that also uses the power of storytelling through shared experiences by game-changing women who've shattered the glass ceiling. Join our waiting list and be the first to know when the platform goes live. Get on get-playbook.com to sign up to our newsletter and be the first to pilot our new technology. And I think the next one is like, what is one thing that the co-founder does that we're grateful for? And I want to say for Ismahan is like, um, so so one thing I appreciate about Ismahan, like, like, like let's talk about work-wise, is that Ismahan is so, um, the, the ego is not around. Like, I don't see the ego. She's constantly saying, please explain this to me. I want to learn. What does this mean? I'm sorry, I misunderstood. But like, the ego's not there. And I love that because with someone with your experience, you can come in and say like, what is this? Why am I doing like admin or like what, what like LinkedIn, like you want me to connect with people and they're like, what, why do I need to do that? Like, so th- there isn't resistance. There is um, surrender. And I love that because I don't think someone would be able to join us after what we've done with the summit and say, and, and, and also there isn't a competition. And I love that. Like, I'm not competing with you guys. Here's your space. Here's your space. And I surrender to like whatever is happening right now. So I love that because it makes my life easier. We're not competing with each other. You're not flexing. You're just like, what do you need? And again, we go back to that original question of like, what do you need me to do? Like, how can I serve playbook? Um, so I love that because it it's able to, you create a safe space for me to like work and also like work with love I think something that I picked up on I've told this to Shreya as well is like in every conversation you tell me you love me like at least five times but now I do that to everybody else and I feel like you're passing on like like we can work together but like let's work with love it doesn't have to be corporate like it doesn't have to be dry and stiff like we can close the deals but like I love you and I'm like I've never done that and I'm just like like thank you like I love you like love you like <laughs> so it's definitely something that you do maybe naturally that we're all like it's passing through so there's I think there's after, like recently especially like there's a lot of love in the way that I work like I'm very mindful that like we can work with love I don't think I've been taught that like I've 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 seen like work mindfully but not like work with love so that's something that I appreciate that you do beautifully um Shreya, I really appreciate that you you execute on the vision, like 100%, like you complete me in that way that I'm able to say something. And then you're like, sometimes you don't get it. And sometimes you're like, I get it. But you're like, you know what? Like, I believe in the vision. Like, maybe you see something I don't and you run with it. And then, but also you can come back and say, by the way, listen to that book that you read and like, let me share my thoughts as well. So like the added value is so incredible. I can't even tell you like it's actual collaborative it's not me thinking and saying I'm gonna do this it's like well why don't we try that and have look at this and let me show you this and it's like it's this constant like collaboration which I love um so I mean I love that because I am big vision but then I love that you're like okay someone has to now actually materialize this huge idea right um, so would not for sure like playbook wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you kind of how would you 
advise somebody on how to find a co-founder? Well, for starters, they can come on to Playbook. <laughs> <laughs> Our community gives you access to potential. <laughs> they, it does, and it will. And that's something I'm really excited about because I think that a lot of um, female founders haven't ventured into scaling or growing their businesses because they're doing it solo and they're doing so many other things like you know raising a family, other caregiving responsibilities, and just trying to be there in a million places at the same time and so like we said like the best part of having a co-founder is that you're able to do it all and have someone kind of take your back and you know like be able to step into the stuff that you're not able to get to and the best places to look for a co-founder may always be you know in your immediate um, surroundings but you may not have identified them just because you just never pictured them in a co-founding space. And I think it goes back to what Ismahan said about respect. If you have a great working relationship with someone and there's a lot of mutual respect, um, it allows you to communicate better because communication is going to be the biggest aspect of being part of a founding team. You need to be able to understand when to amplify your voice and when to kind of take it down and just listen. Um, because we're also equally sounding boards to each other. Um, and that, that takes a lot of patience. If everyone's an alpha on the team and everybody wants to have their voice heard, then no one's voice is going to get heard. And so if you already have that relationship with someone um, and they also are within the space that you're in and they have some other skill sets to bring to the table that you possibly don't have um, or that it would take you a, a lot more time to learn and hone, um, those are the kind of people that you would identify. And you know, we're hoping that, especially through Playbook, that we're able to identify those people because we're bringing a lot of like-minded people to that community um, with that reason, which is for women to be able to connect with the right um, team to connect with the right professionals, the right advisors, the right mentors um, that could help them grow their businesses and otherwise. What about you, Smahan? How would you advise somebody on how to find a co-founder? So I think, um, I believe that partners, uh, partners are partners, right? So it doesn't matter um, if it's a marriage contract or if it's a, you know, business contract. It's the same thing. It's a contract where you go in with the intention with similar or same, you know, you, you have to have the same intentions, you have to have the same uh, kind of goal, what kind of life do we want to have together, what kind of business do we have together. Um, and then the journey will be different for each each of us, I mean, you know, myself and then, and then my partners. I think, you know, respect, again, is very important. Um, and then you have to have some amount of love for the other person. You have to have some amount of love. I think you also have to be very open-minded that your work ethic does not necessarily mean that their work ethic is the exact same. Yani, so for example, if I maybe I like to work mornings and maybe one of my partners like to work nights, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm right. So I think it's really important that you have an open mind to understand that just because you, you know, maybe you start your day by reading your emails from 6 a.m. and then your partner starts at 10, but they don't start with the emails, they start with, you know, you know, starting their calls, for example, with, with, with the suppliers or, or other stakeholders. So I think as long as you, you are open-minded and understand that your way is not necessarily the right way, as long as you all have the same vision, um, and as long as you all have your heart into the business itself, and then you have to respect each other. So yeah, so if, if you want to know if you should partner with someone, ask yourself if you're willing to marry them. It's the exact same thing. Okay, so let's wrap up with... 
actually let's just quickly talk about fundraising before we wrap up so like if you could sum up your fundraising experience so far like and you know what what, what has it been like you know closing our your pre-seed round or our pre-seed round i want to say exhilarating the experience was very exhilarating for me i didn't expect that at all because um um i i mean i joined as a co-founder without knowing that i was going to join as a co-founder because i started talking to investors before i even had a role so for me the business plan and playbook and the idea and the numbers just made sense so initially i was just talking about it as something that i was interested in um and i was just kind of sharing the news that hey there's this really great investment opportunity are you looking and so i never really followed the slides I just talked out of my heart about an investment. So I initially I wasn't talking about playbook as as you know I wasn't trying to raise equity. I was just sharing uh, an interesting investment idea. And so that kind of became my style whenever I talk to anyone about playbook, you know, potential investors and even when I talk to VCs for example. It's um it's it's very interesting for me because it's it's so natural and organic and it just makes sense that they're going to love it because I did. So I just thought that you know they they would love it as well. So I don't find it very stressful. Um I personally I enjoy talking to people. I I like numbers. Um I have a lot of uh I believe in playbook. So it's just it's it's very easy for me to be honest. And uh, and the world has changed. I mean now access to um venture capital firms or even even angel investors i i find it quite easy i don't find it hard to be honest so it's um it, it's fun yeah i think uh with the investors and just generally getting buy in into what we're doing um it came naturally to us because we believed in the vision so we weren't trying as hard so we weren't trying to convince someone of what we were doing because we were so convinced and most of the time investors would just have a smile on their face if they were really buying into it and just say you know what especially at this pre-seed stages Isman and Wafa like mentioned way early on in this conversation is it's so founder dependent and they could see the passion they could see the excitement they could see how confident we were of how we were going to play this whole uh solution out and that's what really roped them in is it easy to raise investment i don't believe it is uh we've got an amazing um team together over here and we've got Ismahan who's been able to unlock and tap into a, an amazing network uh and speak the lingo and be able to connect on that wavelength with investors uh which in itself is uh very hard to find uh especially amongst uh you know a female founded team and especially when you're working on something that is a gendered um startup you know and it's focused on a very specific um community that it's being targeted to uh explaining the pain points to people who don't feel the pain points uh has been a very interesting learning curve for us so we'd have to have a lot of conversations before we were having the right conversations and now i think we're a lot more clear on the kind of values we want in the investors that we're bringing in uh we know who we want to see on the cap table so i think it's a lot more strategic and our fundraising strategy has you know crystallized a lot better right now um is it going to be easy as we keep growing uh, only time will tell uh because there's a lot more work to be done and there's a lot more traction that we need to build before we can even have those conversations uh but up till now i think it's been a very very interesting conversation um starter on where we're taking this business i'm adding to what everybody was saying i think yeah we have a natural 
like we're quite confident we have all the kind of the tools we need to to close our round and and I think something that I've felt is a lot of startups you know who have female founders behind them struggle to ask struggle to figure out how to raise struggle to find the right access to network and I really hope that all of these problems can be solved through playbook which is you get access to the classes that'll teach you how to do this stuff but also you can go to the community and find the right support infrastructure and investors who can get behind you um but I also want to say that it, it was definitely easy for us because of our access to network um and because our our business is crystallized like we we are very clear on what we want to do and then finding the right people like we have a pool of people to choose from and like Shreya said like I could meet somebody within five minutes no they're not the right fit for me so I just want to build a relationship versus ask for funding but I, I do hope that people get excited about fundraising um, there are very few women in the space in general um, and I think you know only two percent of VC funding goes to women so I really hope that that changes and I hope Playbook becomes a catalyst to that as well. I just wanted to add on as well that a lot of startup uh, founders always assume that there is a start and stop to fundraising and what we've come to understand over time is that that never stops um, and you're in a constant space of speaking to investors, building relations and that's really where most of, you know, I would say Wafa's and Ismahan's time even goes which is having these constant conversations um, and getting people to join us on the journey so that they can see us grow uh, so that when we finally uh, are ready to like open a round, we know who to go and tap into, or they come knocking at our doors. Um, and being able to understand just how to start that process, um, it really helped us to talk to the right people. And that's what we're hoping to do with, you know, masterclasses that we build in Playbook, where people can actually reflect on different steps of the process of what needs to be done to even be able to achieve what we've been able to achieve. And we want to be able to share that with as many founders out there that's it for this week thank you for listening to an episode of the woman power podcast and thank you for downloading and streaming our podcast every week if you love what you've heard tag us on instagram and follow the woman power podcast and woman power summit account for more information on our next episode please leave a rating review wherever you get your podcast it really helps other women discover the show that's it for me see you next week